Alright, hi everybody, this is ASMX Man Ben, here with God Mason and Xerix, and this is episode number 19 of the Pirate CSG podcast. So, all three of us are here, and we're going to go... Yeah, how are you guys tonight? <laughs> Doing alright. Not drunk yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do much it's of It's chilly and rainy, my kind of weather. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's Amen. cold here too, in New York, of course. Um, alright, um, I'm going to go... We're in uh, custom ships organized version. We're just going to go through um, a custom per post or per creator, for the most part, from that thread. And um, let's see, I'm going to pick. Um, I'm looking at the ones from Sylvaxry, of course, and I'm going to take the a lot of different ones here. I'll take Ambush Harbor. This is one he actually built. I'm pretty sure. A while back. Um, it's a pirate fort. Costs six gold. There's three cannons. They're 4L, 3S, 3S. And it says, you may build this fort on a Sargasso Sea. As long as this fort is built on a Sargasso Sea, if it's stationed with a captain as a move action, you may roll a D6. On a 6, you may move this fort L. If it does, all other ships get plus one of the cannon rolls against this fort. And once during your turn, you may eliminate two mass from one ship and place another 3S cannon on this fort, as long as this fort has less than six cannons, so a max of six. Uh, mass eliminated this way cannot repair during the same turn. So that's a pretty crazy idea. Um, yeah. I've been seeing this a bit when he first posted it. Um, I don't love the thought of forts moving around because um, it makes them more like ships and less like forts, but <laughs> I think it kind of makes sense uh, if the weeds kind of float around in the water. I'm not sure how the fort would be able to be built that, that much weight on top of the Sargasso, but um, but it only can move on a six, even with a captain, so that's okay. And then it gets a negative ability latched on where ships get plus one if it does move. Um, it's pretty wacky. It's kind of an interesting concept I would like to try out, though. I think the cost of six gold is about right. Um, people probably wouldn't use this in a 40-point game, but it's kind of like an interesting novelty piece. Maybe in yeah. eighty points or more in like a casual setting, I would say. Yeah, this yeah. one sounds kind of fun. Although a couple of questions I have with it are: Does it move the Sargasso Sea with it? Because it does not say that it does so in the text. And also, there is no contingency plan for when it fails to roll a six on an attempt at a move action mm-hmm. the way uh the way sort of uh whiz kids forgot to do that with possession crew yeah. wolf had to come in later and say hey you can do other stuff with the ship yeah good point and i guess uh i guess we need guarantee that you can do something else with this fort if you don't get a six yeah i think maybe you can because it says yeah. as a move action so then yeah i mean you if you didn't roll the six you couldn't give it a move so then you could probably still give it a shoot i'm thinking but it's yeah, not, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's not super well armed though, to be fair. So, yeah, it's kind of an interesting novelty piece, but probably not super useful. But that's totally fine. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do, is that all we have to say about this piece? And yeah, I think so. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Casador would be next because okay. Going over because we're already stuff. talking about quite a lot of Xerix's yeah. stuff in this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least uh, several, not as much as maybe some past podcasts. Yeah. But Casador, um, should I pick one in here? Yeah, why not? All right, I'm going to scroll down until I see something that doesn't sound familiar. Um, uh, let's see. 
Oh, you know, these are a bunch of unnamed crew in here. That's strange. Yeah, there's different numbers and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, Roddy Yeager, it looks like. I think we've covered him before. Yeah, not, okay. yeah I think we have. I remember that. I, I feel like we're running low on some of these. Yeah. Uh, have we talked stuff, about yeah. Iron Prince 2? I, I so. do not know. No, I'm pretty sure we haven't. Okay. Iron Prince 2 is a 16-point, for testing it says, three-masted turbine with four cargo SS move 2S2L 2S guns. This ship's masts can be eliminated by ramming. After resolving shoot action by this ship, including the free shoot action, such as the one provided by the captain keyword, roll a D6. On a 5 or a 6, you may move this ship its printed base move. This is not considered an action. There's also a loyalist's keyword, but I didn't catch yeah, I what that said at the top of the either. post. Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, I mean, this is a pretty solid hybrid ship. If uh, I feel like this is kind of pushing the boundaries of what's doable with the action limit, and I think yeah. I see what he's doing here. He's trying to sort of make a reverse captain that's legal to pair with a normal... Captain. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So I guess in that respect, it may be a fair cost, although this is not one I'd probably use myself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a good gunship, but um, pretty pricey. And I'm thinking of other other English three masters like the Nautilus and uh, even the Lord Walpole and some others that are better ships in general. I don't yeah. know. It's decent, but and I think it could run into some rules uh, problems, too. Um, not oh, yeah. sure what exactly, but um, I'm just thinking that you can move the ship the entire printed base move on a fiber. I don't know. That's a tough one. Kind of well, printed base move means you couldn't stack a helmsman or navigator on it. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, that's definitely good. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of vaguely remember it from a while back, but not too well. So. The original Iron Prince, what set was that from? Uh, Mysterious Islands. Right, I thought it was, but I wasn't confident with my memory. Okay, the next post down, I guess, is mine, which yeah. is... Okay, that's me, which... and that's on the second page. Hang on, let me get there. Get into the okay. second page. All right. La Colère de Dieu. I'll let you guys talk about this one after I read off the stats. Yeah. So, La Colère... I think that's what's pronounced. La Colère de Dieu is a 15.5-masted French ship... Her base move is S plus S. She has a hold size of 3, and her guns are 3L, 2S, 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 3L. If this ship rolls a 1 for a cannon roll, her shoot action ends immediately, and she may be given a move action as a free action. Wow. Interesting. Huh. That's odd. Yeah, it is It's a weird ability. Yeah. It's weirdly, like, defensive or almost like of a, of a retreat type nature yeah interesting yeah it's gonna be tough to avoid too if you're gonna throw her into combat um she may move as a free that's an interesting one because it is similar to reverse captain almost like the last one a tiny bit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i was thinking that a little bit yeah uh, assuming you moved in with a captain that would be part of the move action uh, so you'd essentially be giving this ship two actions if it uh, failed the, um... Well, no, it's a free action. 
Yeah, it's uh, free. That's for the end of there. Yeah. So, uh, that's a head-scratcher for the rules. I think it's the captain ability um, for the for shooting as part of a move. That's part of the captain. Uh, and then if you roll a one, the shoot action ends immediately, which I think would then end the ship's action. But then as a freebie, it can move again as per its ability. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting. I would be, um, without seeing the only three cargo, I would be tempted to use it as kind of like a defensive hybrid type thing, but only if it had like five or more. So with three, it's mostly limited to a gunship role. Um but it's not, it doesn't really excel at that. Um, and I can think of a bunch of other French five masters I'd rather have with a point cost. So I'm thinking this one could probably come down in price, I think. Because it's kind of a, it's kind of an ugly ability on a ship that can't really play a hybrid role. So I think the negative is, is pretty significant here to the point where I could see it at 12 points maximum. Maybe less. Oh, play test. Really? 12? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, I suppose the odds of rolling a one at all are reasonably high at this size when you do uh, a shoot action with all guns in range, Mm -hmm. because I guess it would be five out of six in my head. So, so I guess I, I I think 12 sounds too low considering it's a five masted gunship. Mm -hmm. One with a respectable base move. 12 masted, five 12 masted oh good grief 12.5 master not think about that (laughs) the only other 12.5 master I can think of is El Neptuno which is pretty Uh, decent El Neptuno I think is 13 no she's 12 Uh, yeah she's 12 are you sure I could swear that El Neptuno is 13 yeah but she's got like 5 cargo and that's sniping ability Atlanta also has sniping that one's 13 I know the pirate Morningstar is 12 and that's a decent gunship too Okay, I'm pretty sure Neptune is 13. Miniature trading database to the rescue. Yeah, yeah, it'll be 12. I'm pretty sure it's 12. Yeah, I would say Wolf could chime in here and talk about it. I don't know, I think that would be interesting. And it's a little... Yeah, maybe uh, repost um, this ship in the, in the, in the new uh, customs thread. Yeah, you could, And then yeah, like, maybe add a tagline and say, Hey, Wolf, what do you think this would be like? Yeah. Or what point cost would this be at? Yeah. Because I'm... Mm. Yeah. Even though that like, negative ability is technically a negative ability, you're allowing your ship to move away, mm-hmm. so it can't be immediately shot at or shot back at. So yeah, I could see that maybe coming down a little bit, but not to around twelve. I could see thirteen or fourteen, maybe. Um, since if you roll the one, uh, you could um, move away to avoid cannon range. Is another thing I just thought of that you could do. Uh, you could come in, try, uh, go for the shoot action, intentionally roll the one, or try to intentionally roll the one to get the extra movement bonus. Yeah. And then uh, you could, since this is, all, this is all free, you if you have an extra action prison somewhere, you can give it another extra to keep moving. Yeah. So it's like the ultimate drive-by ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be better than I think, actually. Um, but I don't know the cost without really playtesting it. Um, one thing... It could cause issue is the wording because it says her shoot action ends immediately, but when you're doing a captain, it's move. It's basically just part of the move action, and then. Um, hmm. So remove the, the term shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you yeah, restrict exactly, it to work, explicitly yeah. shoot actions without a captain, then this gets a little bit less drive-by-ish. Yeah. Then you would have to like sell up and give it explicitly a second action for the shoot. 
to then get the um, free movement on the end. Yeah. Kind of how reverse captain already works. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, exactly. And the last part could say she may move as a free action rather than move action. Because if it's free, um, you don't want to think of it as an action when you're reading the ability or as a non-free action. So, kind of confusing, but it's interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, could go to the next part, I guess. Um, okay. Finish? Unless you have anything else to say. But. No, I'm still working on looking up the... Uh... <laughs> the point cost of El Neptuno. Yeah. Wait, no, I do. Is there a next section? Because I don't think there's anything below me on this thread. No, I think. No, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Interesting. So we're going to yeah, I, go. I guess quick message out there to people who are listening: send us some customs you'd like talked about on these off podcasts, because we really do want to be sure that we're talking about new customs and that we haven't talked about, say, HMS Iron Prince in a past episode. Yes. If you send us new stuff, we can be sure that we're talking about new content. And you can yeah. post um, the new Custom Ships 2 thread is up, so anything that gets posted there will be new in general. So if anybody does want customs to be gone over, you could post there, um, even if they're already an organized or I know there's some custom creators who haven't posted and organized yet, so you can introduce stuff in the new custom yeah. chips thread, for example, and then we'll, we can see it there, and I can try to make a note about it or whatever. Um, yeah, that sounds good. There's also yeah. some of the other stuff um, that El Cazador did, um, his spreadsheet, mm-hmm. although that includes his uh, custom one-off faction, so I don't know if we want to go there or not. <laughs> I don't like mixing my fantasy worlds too much. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't, which is why the despite having so many good pieces, the Disney parts of the Caribbean set is received so poorly. Yeah. So I mean I don't, I don't really problem. like mixing Hyrule in with all that. Yeah. That's <laughs> for me it's not so much the different fantasies, it's the different fantasies in terms of what the actual theme is. Like like the Legend of Zelda isn't like a naval or pirate game or about war gaming or, you know, warfare yeah. and of sail. Pirates of the Caribbean is right up the alley of pirate CSG. So that's why I'm not so annoyed in that case. And I just, I just love the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. So it's just, yeah, yeah. I love this film. All the broken yeah. pieces from Disney pirates, the high yeah. bang and captain Jack <laughs> well, yeah, and HMS Endeavor. Yeah. Not even that, just seeing like the characters and like, and it's a cool talking point for people yeah. when you're introducing people to the game and stuff. But yeah, but I yeah. hear you on but if, other fantasies. If like somebody... I wouldn't want to see like Harry Potter in this game or anything. That would be hard, so. <laughs> or somebody made a Skyrim set. Yeah, probably. Oh, please no. Please nobody <laughs> do that just to troll me. <laughs> because I won't read it. I won't read through all of it. And your time spent trying to troll me will have been partially wasted. Not entirely, because you make me mad. Yeah. But partially. <laughs> and we could just skip over that bit of his uh, set and do the others. Yep, but maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, though, we're going to go to Return of Davy Jones, which we're going to finish tonight. We're on the last few sections. We've got super rares and limited editions to go over, so we're going to finish Xerxes' first uh, custom set. And then probably next um, odd-numbered episode, we'll probably start Fiends of the Blood Islands, hopefully. But I'll start the super rares with Flying Dutchman. So it's a remake of the Cursed Five Master. Um, it's 18 points, four cargo, L move. Scans are 2S, 3S, 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 2S. And it's got um, Living Ship and Battleship, which Battleship is two shots per yeah. <laughs> along with extended uh-huh. range. And then Living Ship, um, 
is basically sack ability along with, with Jonah. Jonah. So the but crew there's no them. downside to that Jonah ability. Oh, yeah, exactly. So crew on the ship cost no points, but they take up one cargo space, blah, blah, blah. And as we and the point counts, yeah. cost still counts toward the build total. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Just so yeah, we talked about this a little bit uh, during uh, campaign game three on Vassal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. changes are on the way for this. Yeah. Uh, so guys, we, yeah, I think right now agree. are having the uh, old version of the spreadsheet, but changes are coming for it in terms yeah. of point cost. Yeah. So basically, in CG three, the curse launched this, and then we had a little discussion in the email chat. So we we settled on twenty six points. Um, which still is might be too low, Wolf said. Um, in a campaign game, anything less than 30 would seem too low. So, yeah, so yeah it's just super, super, duper good. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can go to the next one if you want. Or anybody can. All right. John's Hook is the next one on the super rares list. It's a unique treasure, and a strict description says, Load this treasure face up. Crew no longer take up cargo space on this ship. This is an interesting one, and it does benefit gold runners that have crew on them. But at the same time, because I think it's not too powerful, I don't think it would see that much use. I think it's good. I would definitely use this one. Um, I like helmsmen on my gold runners, especially. Um, not so much yeah. explorers, but sometimes. Um, I could see this one being used um, a decent amount. I'd say it's a very good like treasure runner fleet positive UT. And um, you could kind of get like an artificial hybrid. You could put it on a big ship that's more durable. And then um, that's kind of a weird thought, but you could you could make a, a pure gunship into more of a hybrid role if you wanted to, if you transfer yeah. it or whatever. So, yeah. Like imagine a high ping there where the crew completely did not take up cargo space and yeah, loaded yeah, with UPS. Yeah, it's even good. It's really good anyway. And then that would make it. Or heck, if this found its way onto the Banshee's cry. Yeah. Mm hmm. Or any ship for that matter. Instant Gold Runner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any good hybrid type thing. It's a cool UT. I like this one. Yeah. Not the next one as much. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I haven't read the next one as much. Should I read that one out loud so you can hear my yeah. live reaction to it or something? Yeah. Okay. Load this treasure face down. Oh, wait, wait. I better read the name first. Hidden Trove. It sounds a lot like Hidden Cove to me. And the it's fact gone. that you don't like it makes me kind of worry. It is Load this treasure trove. face down. You may only reveal it when unloaded at your home island. Hidden Trove is worth... I can't read this because it goes straight off the screen. Okay, wait. Hidden Trove is worth twice the total number of ships in the game. Yeah, I can see this being a problem in big games like you play on Vassal quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Let's yeah, exactly. see. I mean, in a uh, let's say in a 200-point game, yeah. you're probably going to be running at least 15 ships, right? Yeah, possibly. So Bare minimum 10. Per team, yeah. So that would be at least 60 gold worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, Okay, I could excuse this if it said load it face up. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, and then you have a huge target. Yeah. Yes, it's a huge target, exactly. That's a decent con to attach to it for changes. Um, I think right, I for me, yeah, for me, um, it reminds me of Navigators and especially Cargo Masters because I think they're broken in big games too. I think Cargo Masters should have like, you know, three ships or five. We've talked about that before instead of just every ship with the same nationality. I think this could say um, two times the total number of ships in the game 
you know, to a maximum of 15 or 20 gold or something. I mean, it's got to cap it somewhere or else it's just really game breaking. So Yeah, I'd also argue that you could possibly take out the uh, text saying double because... Or, you know, two times uh, the total number of ships in the game. Because even in a small game, say a 40-point game, you can rely on there being at least five ships in that game between two players. Yeah, usually. And so this would make it worth 10 gold. That's quite a lot. Yeah. And if you're playing for the standard uh, the standard cost of... Uh, or, you know, the standard, the standard gold rules of 30 total in the game... Yeah. This plus the rest of the treasure on the island could basically end it straight away. Yeah. So you could do... I I think without even doubling it, it's it, yeah, load face up and without doubling, and it's still going to paint a target on your back. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, and like you said with the gold, you could do like a swarm fleet with like eight ships and just have one of them be really fast and useful, like the high peng or something with Captain Jack Sparrow or something similar. And then you could just try to find this, and then your 8 times 2 is 16 that you need to win. So, I mean, that's kind of partly why the gold rules aren't great, but it's also yeah. exploitative, or you can exploit it. Dude, when I've played out. gold games, like, to go to outside of Vassal in a tournament, <laughs> uh, usually we don't play to, like, 1st to 15 or some silly thing. We play until all the gold off all islands is gone, yeah. or unavailable, as in it's, like, gone down with the ship. Mm-hmm. So I've never run into that with this, but I could certainly see how this could be a problem for people who do play by that rule. Yeah. Uh, as a counter, as opposed to the total number of ships in the game, what if it was just worth two times the total number of ships in your fleet? That's okay, but then you can like kind of game it with a swarm fleet. So yeah. I don't know. It's kind of over the top, I think. All right. Well, this yeah. uh, when I made this, this was supposed to be like um, uh, the treasure at the end of Treasure Island. That's what that this is supposed to be. Okay. Mm. Huh. Cool. I haven't seen Treasure Island in so long. <laughs> I've seen Treasure Planet, which was Oh okay. That was the other inspiration for this. This is like, you know, Treasure Planet. That uh gigantic uh planet of gold at the end. Hmm. Uh, that and um uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Alright, cool. Yeah, All right. definitely some changes. Oh, and then uh, we have the LE, the limited edition ships to go through as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. I was about to go. Oh boy, yep. these are going to be interesting. Yeah, so I'll do the first one. Um, it's a first ten master called the Yauchuan. Um, it's thirty-seven points, four cargo, L move. Um, the cannons are four L, and then it has two four S's, two four L's, two four S's, now three four S's, and then two four L's. So all ranked four, just a mix of ranges. And it's got the keywords junk, uh, fear, and seafloor traveler. And seafloor traveler says at the beginning of each of your turns, decide if the ship is submerged or not. If she is, she cannot ram, be rammed, pin or be pinned, board or be boarded, and shoot or be shot at. So you can essentially submerge it, similar to a submarine or a sea creature. Um, I've seen this one a handful of times, and I've also literally seen it in the pictures because Xerxes has actually built it, which is really cool, especially for a rare um, uh, ship type, like a 10-master. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure how good it would actually be. I would definitely want a world heater, even if I had to pay the nine points for Phantasma from Davy Jones' Curse to get it. Um, the cost seems a little high. I mean, the cargo is very below average for a 
10 master, it's too lower than even the RTSS ones. Uh, the cannons are pretty mediocre, and other than Seafloor Traveler, the abilities aren't great. I understand the Seafloor Traveler would be a lot, and I'd, I'd rather have it be um, overpriced than underpriced. I think that might be the case here. Uh, I think it, I don't know. I think it has potential, but I'm not really sure how well it's done in games, but you can attest to that, of course. It's yeah. seen action in some of the campaigns we've played yep. a little bit. And I've had an idea to put like a possessing crew on this, or okay. just things that can submerge in general. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Papa Doc and or Edward Lowe, and maybe stick on a uh, sap captain or a sap crew of some kind. Yeah, nice. I still think um, the cargo and guns and abilities are all somewhat lackluster. I mean, it can submerge, but other than that, um, it's below average in every other way. So I think it, it could go down in cost, believe it or not. But So around 30? Or would 30 still be too high for it as I'm thinking, is? Thir- I'm thinking like 32 and then play test it from there or something like that. So. All right, I'll try it at 32. Maybe in this <laughs> summer's campaign. Uh, before yeah, brother. around there. Yeah. It looks pretty outrageous to me. I mean, C4 Traveler, I see what you're doing here. But if you do want something that can submerge, and as long as we're playing in the realm of fantasy, why not just make up a 10-mast submarine? Because I couldn't actually make a 10-masted submarine. Uh, I had spare 10-mast parts. I think uh, I even traded for you to get some of the pieces to make this. I wouldn't (laughs) be surprised. Was it spare parts for a Celtic Fury or something? Yeah. Uh, It was uh, two parts Shuizon and one part Celtic Fury. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I think there are people out there who will hate you for making a Frankenstein 10 master when they don't even have one for themselves. Oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. At least Eric has used his multiple times. Yeah. And I used the two most easily accessible, more or less, 10 masters in the game. I'd say if I'd taken apart a, yeah, if I'd taken apart a Guishan or a Zeus to make this, I think even my brothers would have killed me. (laughs) Yeah. I do wonder, it seems kind of strange to me that Zeus is so rare, considering that Ocean's Edge was printed in such massive numbers. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I guess people just didn't, you know, read the inserts about keeping the wrappers. Maybe. I don't know. Or about getting packs from a non-internet store or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is there. That's a good one to wonder about, though. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, should we hop on to Morgrol, the next ship on the list? Yeah, uh, I missed this guy. <laughs> I had this model made, and I used it in one of the campaigns, but then, like, literally when the game ended and we were taking dog ate it down. No, actually, I don't have a dog. Uh, the spine brother broke, ate it. Right on the wings. Oh, like, right where sorry. the wings oh. go in on the sea dragon back, the spine broke right there. Huh. Well, I guess that kind of spoils what kind of unit it is. Well, oops. Oh, yeah, oh well, people are going to find out in 10 to 15 seconds anyway. Morgul is, as Zarek said, a sea dragon. It is a cursed sea dragon at 20 points, and because it's a sea dragon, it has no cargo, and its movement is basically hovering anywhere on the freaking map. Its guns, if you want to call it that, are 2S, 3S, 3S, 2L. Two hits are required in the same shoot action to eliminate one of this creature's segments. I like that on this kind of uh, on this kind of unit because I thought sea dragons were always incredibly overpriced 
for what they are because while they do have the incredible strength of being able to move anywhere on the board in an instant, they also have the huge weakness of being completely incapable of using a captain. So a defensive action like this on or a defensive ability like this on a unit this expensive makes a lot of sense and might make it worth using. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you summed it up well. I agree. And I think this probably just became the best seed dragon, arguably, <laughs> as a result. I don't know. We haven't gotten through Phobie. There's at least one more dragon that shows up in Phobie. Oh, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Phobie? Anyway. That's Fiends my shorthand for Fiends of the Blood Islands. Oh. F-O-B-I. It sounds yeah, a little silly, stuff. but... <laughs> no, wait. Since you're not acknowledging the, uh, the T for the... Uh, o and the of shouldn't be either, so you should say we shouldn't. Uh, you should say we haven't gone through the FBI. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> All right, nice. Like Custom said, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> All right, Agent Smith, six points. He's a SAC captain. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> gets plus two against Neo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Shall I like, somebody read Carnage next, or yeah, yeah more Gruel I think is good. Um, I like the name too. I think the name <laughs> is pretty cool. It reminds me of like Morgoth or someone from Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. But I don't know what Morgul is even supposed to mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I just said it one day and I was like, "Oh, that's a cool thing." Yeah, that's <laughs> a cool thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, let's I'll name I'll name this after it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one is uh, Carnage. This one's Pirate. Uh, 20 points for a 4-master with 4 cargo, SS move. Cannons are 3S, 2L, 2L, 3S. And ability says if the ship has a captain crew, she gets plus 1 to her cannon and boarding rolls and is considered eternal. Um, so I'd say this is a pretty good gunship if you got the points to spend on kind of a mega gunship of sorts. Um, the captain is basically mandatory. I would do Captain Helmsman Oarsman at a bare minimum. I'd probably put, like, the pirates have a wealth of SAT-type crew. I'd probably put some kind of action-generating crew aboard as well. Um, I'd say the cost is about right, because, I mean, once you put the captain aboard, thinking about world-hating, plus one aboards, and eternal, that's pretty much all going to kick in. That does have to up the cost a bit. So, it's a good one. Having you said that makes me a little nervous, um, (laughs) because you guys have the uh, older version of my spreadsheet, which is, I'm realizing now, rife with errors. And this is another one. Uh, the Carnage is also supposed to have the keyword hidden gold. Oh, uh, which reads, I that. This ship has two extra cargo spaces that may only be taken up by treasure. This yeah. ship is considered to have the limit keyword. So it's similar. Mm. Yeah, so it makes it a hybrid kind of by default. I would say 20 points could still work for that, but I would want to play test it to, to make sure. So. I was about to say that 20 points could almost be a little bit too much, but then with that keyword as well, I'd say it might be about right. So, yeah. Yeah. I Before you mentioned that, I was thinking it almost sounded too expensive, like 17 or 18 points would have worked, mm-hmm. because while I do think Eternal is underpriced, it doesn't sound like it's all that competitive with the likes of OE, La Resolution. Um, kind of similar, but better, but also not really at all comparable i'm getting off track but with that yeah yeah. but with that said i think this may be fair at 20 points although i did want to mention that i don't really like when custom sets go for a ton of unique keywords 
because they're kind of hard to remember. It's not like the base game where you can remember, okay, captain is this, longship is this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to integrating custom sets into games, I feel like it's sometimes better to go without so many unique keywords. And I understand that unique keywords allow you to do a lot of stuff that WizKids never thought of. But at the same time, it makes some of the more complex custom units such as this hard to play for people who aren't really invested in using them mm-hmm. i would agree yeah, especially um, since hidden gold only shows up on this one piece so yeah really on anything else okay yeah, yeah if yeah, it's a unique it's keyword much. to one custom piece then i would reconsider even making it a keyword and i just throw it in the ability text yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And even then, I sort of have the same complaint with some of the Ten Masters, with how they'll yeah. print a keyword on, say, Admiral Zheng He and on the Baochuan, and you have to pull up the card to figure out what it even yeah. does. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I yeah. Even like Horn yes. and Gold, they barely use that again. So. Yeah, that too. It's funny how they gave that a keyword, even though that was basically an ability already. Yeah, And exactly. then they never used the keyword. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'll go to the next one. Uh, the Carnage has a linked crew named One-Handed John. He's a pirate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, you don't like him? And... No, it just sounds like something you wouldn't really want to be called online. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this he's... guy's actually very near and dear to me in an odd way. Yeah. Um, he's nine points. He's got three abilities: um, Captain, Musketeer, and then S board, so he can board from us away without having to ram. And then boarded ship, you know, he's boarding bonuses. Um, so yeah, I would say price is decent. I I value S board around four. Musketeers are a little a little overpriced, maybe. So nine is about as low as you could go, but I think it's fair. Um, and he's a really good crew for the Carnage because. Um, the captain ability gives you those abilities on the carnage, like three of them basically. And then you've got an extra cannon, and the S board will help with the hidden gold, because then you can make it a hybrid. So with one handed John, you could add maybe just Almsman and Oarsman, and then optionally, you know, Calico Cat or somebody for SAT. But I think it's a good crew and a good link. So nice. I think on his own, he's actually pretty solid crew maybe could come down to eight because i'm not sure that all three of his abilities pair that well mm-hmm. but paired with carnage i almost want to say his cost should be like 12 because of how well all the abilities come together it's a strange situation i guess i can't tell you not to link it to carnage because he's meant to be paired with carnage mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't know what to do because on his own he's probably about right but yeah. with that ship it starts to get a little crazy yeah, <laughs> captain musketeer and s ford would come to 11 by its standards so so yeah upping the cost would also be there so yeah yeah um yeah, real quick yeah, before I, you go on if you recall the treasure john's hook uh-huh. right, that's <laughs> his hook yeah i was gonna ask earlier do you have john's other hand and you're like drawer or something <laughs> nah <laughs> poor john uh, Zarek stole yeah, his he name. has him a, a, tr- a little bit of a tragic backstory kind of huh. did his parents leave him on the streets of los angeles go do oh, crack man. die in a gutter uh, have their bodies blasted out of an air cannon into the 
you know, the crowd at wherever the Dodgers play these days. <laughs> Did I just say that on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just kind of rambling with whatever yeah. I could come up with. Not quite that bad. Um, but uh, his backstory is his dad forced him into be a child laborer in a factory, uh, wherein during a factory accident he lost his hand. Uh, because his dad was kind of handy, he gave him a hook to replace it. Did he uh, lose his dad too? I think he might have killed him eventually. Oh, he deserved it. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if you give your kid his limb back and he kills you anyway, you've probably made some mistakes as a parent. Yeah, <laughs> although I don't think he killed him right away. Probably like he probably like came back some years after he was an established pirate and uh, offed him. Uh, but uh, he didn't kill him right away. He sort of slowly tortured him to death. Uh, oh no 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 no! Um, he got the hook and then he didn't see his dad for a while. So and then John went off and be, established himself as a bloodthirsty pirate. Uh, and then he got uh, an inkling for revenge, tracked down his dad, and killed him. Aww. Aww. Well, that'd be a really interesting story to read on Gawker. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, um, uh, have we said all there is to say about one-handed, hook-handed John? Yeah. Okay. Admiral Bryson Cutler is next. He's a 12-point English crew. His ability is this ship's crew may not be eliminated unless she sinks. And can you explain to me what the holy sword keyword is again? Uh, once at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a d6. On a 5 through 6, cancel any two cursed crew or ship abilities in play. Hmm. So this is basically my meme of I hate faction abilities. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, the um, the holy sword ability and these two guys plus the other uh, one who has it in the regular release, uh, they were designed by my brother who hates the cursed. Yeah. What the cursed ever do to him? Uh, (laughs) I've played as cursed in the campaigns, and so has my other brother, and he's not won any of our campaigns. So he was possibly a little bit revenge motivated. Yeah. Also, because yeah. if you look at it, um, Return of Davy Jones here is extremely cursed heavy. Well, yeah, because it is called Return of Davy Jones and all that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd argue Holy Sword is also kind of a keyword that could use uh, another name because Holy Sword sounds a little silly. <laughs> I would say maybe call it. Uh, something to do with praying because that seems more fitting. Hmm. Yeah, I think Holy Sword is okay. Um, I feel like this and the next crew are kind of like for um, huge games where there's like all these OP cursed stuff in play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like the stuff that is set, yeah. basically. Yeah, so, so I guess in that case, I kind of like these just because they're counters to some of the some of the overpowered cursed stuff we've seen in the set. Um and so yeah, so in that case, I don't mind them. I would never use them in a in a smaller game, but I could see in the types of games that Derek plays and I play to some extent. Um, yep, we like huge games. games. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll do the next one, which is similar. Um, Grand Grand Inquisitor Tomas Blanc is Spanish. He's thirteen cool. points. Loyal Spain, uh, fear, and holy sword. So that is easy. Tomas Blanco. Yeah. Yep. Not as yeah. Oh, I didn't. Even, it gets cut off on mine. So okay, yeah, I I need to update. Uh, send out the um, 
or I guess upload the uh, modified spreadsheet here yeah. for uh, Return of Davy Jones. Yeah, I'm kind of a stickler about like spreadsheet like formatting, but my sets. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this guy's not as useful as Cutler, um, but like I said, uh, the Spanish need to counter some OP curse stuff, then this is your guy. <laughs> and that's yeah. the last piece of uh, Return of Davy Jones, so we finished yeah. it. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Both of those two guys are discounts on the first time you see Holy Sword. Which is the one going free. Commander Anderson, <laughs> who is <laughs> switching points. <laughs> yeah, who is also, I think I pointed out, a Helsing reference. Yep. Which is a decent yeah, show, is. if exceedingly violent. Uh, it was like the first one of the first anime I ever watched. Yeah, like the ultimate I, edition. The OVAs, those are yeah. Nice. The ultimate edition was far better than the the normal one because the normal one just kind of ended with a with some Dragon Ball character coming in. Oh jeez, I'm glad <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> don't. It's a really stupid ending. Character comes out of nowhere, and the story doesn't really feel resolved. Anyway. Um, on to the next segment of the podcast, I think, because this is not the anime review segment. We're not about to talk yeah. about One Piece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a random one um, on my Pirates on eBay history spreadsheet. Um, the Bouchwan has the most Ten Master listings from auctions that I've recorded since, like, 2011 or 12. The Zeus actually has the second most, so that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's um, actually the second most common Ten Master, of course, because it's a certain sample size, but... Um, it's interesting that the Zeus is the second most expensive after the Guichuan, but it's also the second most commonly listed, just barely ahead of the Guichuan and Delusion. And the Shui Jian is actually the least common Ten Master up for auction on eBay um, in general. So probably because it's separated into cards, but we were talking about the Zeus earlier being seeming so rare, even though OE was common. So it might not be as rare, but the price is just higher. Cause I guess the demand is higher, which makes sense because yeah, because um, it's the best ten master. Um, it's a pirate ship, and uh, it looks really cool. And the name is yep. is more relatable than pretty much any of the other ten master names. So mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah, we were going to move on to the news and ranking segment of the podcast, which I mean, I'm just going off that as a was written in our little schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah was one I'm of the guessing requests. that means they were just kind of talking about developments and mm-hmm. maybe the ranking threads and other things I've posted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of the survey, um, the survey result uh, requests. So I just put it in, um, in terms of the rankings, I thought it was interesting. I want to get Bill's thoughts on the bombardier ranking. Um, would you, Bill, would you pick um, the Draconum or the Grand Vainqueur? Which would you rather have in a game or a fleet? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm not attracted to the uh, Draconum's negative ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only because it's, it seems like every time anyone uses it, you would roll a one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, the Grand Vanquir, what does this do? Oh, it's got that built-in cannoneer thing. Uh, honestly, I might surprise you. I might want the Bombardier. That's the English one. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because um, I know you can... Uh, it's got that 2L, or it's got the rank 2 can- cannon on there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's uh, got better crew options, I think. 
than all of them, except maybe the Draconum. Yeah, I would pick the Draconum ahead of the Grand Vanquer, uh, just because for the eight points, you can get like Captain Helmsman and something else, almost a full world hater um, for the same cost as the Grand Vanquer. So even though the negative ability is pretty bad, I think the eight, a huge eight point differential really holds the Grand Vanquer back, and I think it makes her the worst Bombardier, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, I I think Bombardiers are another case of overcomplicated keywords. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I really... I've actually used one once back when I was getting back into the game in, I think, 2015. And I played a game with a friend, and I used a Bombardier, and it was kind of complex and not all that effective. Yeah. I think I lost that game. So, yeah, I would <laughs> not recommend using any of them. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. Uh, yeah. But if, if I had to use one, probably... Which one has the extra action ability? Is that Vancouver? Uh, no, that's the Conquerant, I believe. Okay, then I would probably play the Conquerant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I think that's the one I don't have. Because uh, I, I think, think we've got the Draconum, the Vanquer, the Bombardier. Hmm. I don't think we have the Conquerant. Oh, there was, there was an idea I was playing with. Uh, I don't think I I only came up with it a couple nights ago what if somebody had a spare hoist and a spare French bombardier and they custom built a fitu yeah you can do that yeah the hoist arm will are fit they the same the size hole. yeah um, for the swiveling cannon and the hoist arm they'll fit be right back you could um uh, <laughs> transplant them I did that once actually I think to show uh, El Cazador uh, a proof of concept that you could um, um to make a uh, a custom hoist. I think it was thinking about making him uh, his uh, tenfold hoist or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I've got to see if I've One got a them. spare buscador and a spare um, bombardier of some kind. Mm-hmm. And that way, I can. I don't come think up you with even have to take kit. the ships apart completely. Yeah, um, just because just swap the, the way front it looks constructed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could just leave that um, front bit that turns. It looks like you could just lift the uh, cannon artillery piece completely out of there and yep. do the same with the um, um the hoist arm i'm gonna have to do this yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> um, i didn't have a spare uh bombardier that i could make a, a custom hoist with so i had to go and get a, a spare uh, i think a frontier and a spare uh i think buscador to make some of the uh, hoists that i uh, made for phoby oh, i think i traded away all my spare hoists oh no Oh, well. Yeah. I'll have to go through my Savage Shores thing. Yeah. All right. Time to find some broken ones, maybe. Yeah. Oh, the hole is broken. Oh, no. What will I do? Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't broken any of those because I got all of them years after I stopped breaking things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, elsewhere with the news thing, for anyone who's not a part of the Reddit community for this game, they will have missed a little post where somebody was offering to make some custom-built, custom-cut ships out of aluminum using a carbon dioxide laser. And I had the thought, which I talked about with Ben and maybe Billy before the podcast, where these would be the ideal ways to make custom ironclads. And so at some point, if this person gets back to me and the costs are reasonable, I may commission a custom run of 
aluminum ironclads and <laughs> sell them probably at cost on eBay. That's cool. Yeah, I would before doing this, I would probably finalize the stats of two or three ships, maybe the USS Monitor, the CSS Virginia, and probably the Gloire, the that French ironclad that I think we both have custom versions of. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. Huh. So that's cool. Yeah, so that would be what we'd look for and I guess we'll see how that goes. And so keep like your what eye kind of aluminum? I don't so know. I think it would like be... Like the aluminum that you find in like a soda can? Like that high-grade uh, military thin. stuff? Yeah. Or are we talking like tinfoil? I don't aluminum think foil. tinfoil. Probably something thin that you could bend it, sort of like the cards where you could maybe assemble it. But I don't know. I'd also have to look into how to weather and corrode it. Because I wouldn't just want, you know, polished or brushed aluminum because it looks so out of place. Whereas corroded aluminum would probably look quite right. It's rusty because it's made of metal on the sea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess I'll have more news on that later, maybe. Yeah. But now I have a crazy idea to just go and get some aluminum foil, foil bleh, learn to speak, foil, and fold it down to, like, make ships... <laughs> <laughs> just origami a ship out of tin down. foil yeah there we go this is the HMS uh, Fanta <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shiny side out she's our 10 master <laughs> roll a d6 on a six or on, on a one you have to drink an entire can that doesn't sound bad it does if you have teeth problems tooth problems yeah okay maybe yeah. Anyway, um, I think the next segment, uh, does anybody have any more news? Yeah. Uh, I was going to announce the, the Caribbean game, which pe most people oh, yes. probably know about because I posted it pretty much on all the forums already. But um, Zerix and I have started the Caribbean game, which is basically a replacement um, for the world game. So it uses a custom rule set with a lot of complicated stuff in it. Um, uh, we have like a lot of different rules for like house rules and governments and like taxes and like army units and uh, all sorts of island upgrades and whatnot. And uh, you can play in the game too, though, because there's cameo or guest appearances. So um, if you want to participate in the game, you can just let um, Zerix and I know and we'll try to fit you in. So we've started off the game. We each control two factions right now on Vassal. Um, I'm controlling the, the Dutch and the French. And then Zerix has the English and the Spanish. And uh, we've played two sessions and we're looking forward to more. So it's going to be yeah, uh, yeah. an adventure on a scale that will exceed um, everything. All, ab absolutely everything. Yep. All of the Vassal campaign games so far, one, two, and three, maybe even like put together eventually in some months or years from now. So yeah, really no, no end in sight how epic it will become. So something we're really, yeah. 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 Speaking, I guess I'm going to do a little interjection here. Um, mm -hmm. A while ago, I posted a video on the forum, uh, which under the uh, first look, Pirates of the Savage Seas, mm -hmm. which is uh, a kind of me playing a campaign game to turn it into a sort of web series of sorts. Um, so that's uh, going in under production. Uh, but I've hit a small snag. About a week ago, uh, the game file that I had 
um, there was a problem with saving and it wound up not saving, so I lost all my progress. Uh, thusly, I've had to begin production all over again uh, from the beginning. Uh, I don't think this is going to affect my uh, target release uh, premiere day of sometime in the fall, but just tossing that out there. Yep. Yeah, I heard mm-hmm. about that on Basilos. It's pretty rough to hear about. Um, quick jump. Uh, quick jump in to settle the argument earlier about the cost of El Neptuno. It is twelve points. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Yeah, the I Atlanta. The Atlanta has sniping too, and that one's thirteen, so it could be part of it. Another five master yeah. same ability. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll start the next section, I guess. Um, so we're. Uh, this is another request from the survey responses from a while back. So people wanted us to go over some fleets. So we're each going to pick a fleet we've uh, submitted in the fleet section on miniature trading, and we're just going to go over it um, in some detail, but not totally comprehensively. So I'm going to pick uh, American Pirates, uh, also known as the APs, um, abbreviated. This is a 40-point standard fleet I built um, to be rather competitive, and it even did better than I thought it would. It did um, pretty well in both of the, the Vassal tournaments. Um it won an eight-fleet multiplayer game, and um, and then it came in second place in a 12-fleet game. So I would say it's one of the best um, multiplayer fleets at the 40-point standard level, just from its <laughs> record so far, which is kind of interesting. Um, it does well 1v1 as well, but does especially good in multiplayer. Um, right now it's 14 and 12 in 26 games, which is certainly a lot of playtesting um, for the same fleet. Yeah. And... Uh, and yeah, it's one of my most tested fleets I've ever had. And one of my favorites, too. It's really grown on me. Um, and it's not even like fully optimized in a weird way, which I'll talk about. But I'll just go through it real quick. Um, the Roanoke is the flagship, the American Five Master, where you can use pirate crew on the ship. It's got six cargo and good enough cannons to be a hybrid. And then I've got um, Captain Blackheart for a sack captain. Um, Commodore Matthew Perry, who's the limit ransom crew for America to add five points to the build total. Then I've got Helmsman, Explorer, and three Oarsmen. So I've got plenty of stack options. Um, I've got Captain Helmsman Explorer and uh, multiple actions. So I can do a really good hybrid role with the Roanoke so I can get gold. Usually it plays an attacking role at first, and then if it survives um, the encounter with enemy gunships, it'll get gold after. And, um, and then I've got two Treasure Runners, the Amity from Crimson Coast, um, three, three-masted pirate ship with uh, Ghost Ship Keyword, um, triple S based move, and then an explorer as well. And then I've got the Bandito, which is a uh, one masted pirate ship um, that we went over in the South China Sea set review. Six points, SS speed, but with no cargo, gets plus S based move. So she goes out at 3S, gets two coins, comes back home at 2S. And then I've got Hidden Cove, which I don't really like, but um, we didn't ban all events. We only banned Mermaids and Favor of the Gods for uh, tournament number two and tournament number one. So, not Hidden Cove? No, not that one. We only banned the other two. So um, so basically, this is one of the only times you'd ever see me use events in a fleet because I don't like events at all. But for tournament play, we want to be more official, I guess. So, And Hidden Cove is often used on the Roanoke. This is one of the interesting fl- things about this fleet is it's tough to know when to use Hidden Cove. Um, pretty sure Xerix has controlled this fleet, too. And uh, the Roanoke... Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, the Roanoke is usually the choice for Hidden Cove, but 
it's man, it's a tough fleet to to control, but a really good fleet to to use because it's quite effective. Yeah, it's tough to know whether it's kind of like a chess game, especially if you know your opponent has hidden coke. Then if you hidden cove out first, you might get hit hard. But then if you wait, you might have wasted your opportunity. So there's a lot of like cove strategies, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. Between the Roanoke and then sometimes the Amity is actually the shift to cove out because you cove it to the center island or one of the islands, and then it can keep moving um, towards an even farther island, but then it'll be isolated and all alone. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into it. Um, if you're interested in some of the details, um, the Vassal Tournament number two thread has a lot of battle reports with it, um, along with some of my thoughts during in, um, those games. Um, but yeah, it's 14 and 12, one of the better fleets I've seen. And the reason I said it's not optimized is for the Bandito six points, you can get the Banshee's Cry with a Helmsman and Explorer for six. So yep. if we sub that in, it could be even better. So it's definitely one of the better fleets I've made. Um, and the record, 14 and 12 might not sound amazing, but that's partly because it's gone up against like wicked good fleets, like the UPS strategy uh, with Captain Jack Sparrow and the High Pang and stuff. It goes up against highly competitive fleets like all the time, like almost exclusively at this point. So yeah. against most against most fleets, it would have a better record. But even so, it's, it's one of the best I've I've made. As a fan of Roanoke, I'm going to say it's probably because Roanoke is in your fleet. Yeah, partly. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah um, quick plug. Please, people, read my review of Roanoke. I spent a lot of time and only got two votes on it. I'm begging again. <laughs> I, well, I've, I've used this fleet in 26 games and it only has two votes. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's pretty yeah. good and I've proven it to be pretty good. So. Yeah. And Roanoke, Roanoke is good. Yeah. Roanoke is interesting because it's in a fleet that's mostly pirate in this case, but then the ability to use pirate crew gives the American ship access to the two pirate sack captains, which is huge. So. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because it's statistically an okay ship. It just has an outstanding crew selection. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably go for one of my fleets at this time. Mm -hmm. uh, should I go? Mm, I haven't actually made my decision so far yet. Should I go for something 40-point-sized or 60-point-sized? Either way. I don't uh, care, uh, necessarily. I guess I'm going to go... Wait, no, I'm going to do my most recent fleet then. This is not a very good fleet. I'm going to tell everyone straight. No, wait, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to do something I'm more proud of. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I guess I'll go with Colio Terrorize the Seas, which is my way of getting the most out of Colio Terra, which is the pirate submarine from Mysterious Islands. Now, basically, what I do is I put everything I can into making Colio Terra a ram sub, which I think is one of the best uses for submarines if you don't want to use marines. And so what I do is I throw Calico Cat, the Spanish main version, so plain sat, Gentleman Joe Card for extra cargo space, a Helmsman, Lady Baptiste as a basic re-roller, and the Hag of Tortuga on board to help raise the point cost. So you've got a submarine that's moving 3S in a single turn with about a 55% chance of same action twice. And then it has the support of Raven's Neck, which was not only one of my first ships, but also one of my kind of my personal favorites because I think she's 
a really good ship, but underrated because she shared a set with broken stuff like Dark Hawk and La Jolla. Yeah. And on board Raven's Neck, you have Devereaux from Revolution, who is both a home island raider and an island and ship spy, who pairs well with Raven Neck's, uh, Raven's Neck ability to look at face-down treasures on any island. You also get a helmsman and an oarsman, so you end up with a ship that's reasonably fast, has four cargo spaces open, can look at two treasure on any island in any turn, and you've got the security of an oarsman. Yeah. Also, being a large ship, um, even if uh, um, a gunship comes at you with a first shot, it's still possible for that gunship to miss some of its shots, therefore giving the raven's neck um, a few shots to return fire with, or a few mm-hmm. minutes to return fire with. Yeah, Especially and raven's neck her, is... I think her middle ones are the two L's. Yeah, yep, that's correct. Yeah. I like the raven's neck. I'm rather fond of it as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the ship, definitely. Um, I wish there was a pirate... I think this would make sense, too. I wish there was a pirate-named crew that had Captain and home island rating for six or seven points. I think that would be perfect instead of Devereaux. Um, it's yeah. tough, though, to optimize the cargo. I mean, you could go... Uh, I'm just tempted to put a captain on the Raven's Neck, so then you at least have one captain in your fleet, especially for the larger ship. Uh, the better yeah. But um, yeah. you'd have to do, like, captain, and then I think Phantasma or Villanueva for the home island rating. Then you'd lose the cargo, so kind of just up to like I, it's interesting you went with the thematics of like the spying which I think is cool um, but yeah I think it'd be an interesting fleet to play against too um, with that submarine zooming around real quick would be kind of scary yeah. so uh, I, I, got I did play it once too. in oh, yeah. a three player game and it was basically the game that got submarines unofficially banned in my play group <laughs> because everybody was so frustrated with not being able to shoot at it. And at the same time, they didn't really stop to think about if they had, say, rushed Raven's Neck because it was playing against two other people, or if they had gone out of their way to just ignore me and keep going and soldiering on, I would have been split between two people who are playing the gold race, and I would not have been able to keep up, uh, and I would not have been able to do enough damage to their ships. So, I mean, that was a three-player game. That's not a standard one-on-one 40-point game. But the spying meta and emphasis could be of more value in a bigger game, I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more islands. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do you have one you'd like to read, Xerax? A few. Or one or two. Hang on, let me go find one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, da, 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 da. And then you got you got enemy in the state in that fleet too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that that was my attempt at just kind of using a a UT to sabotage enemies without using missionary or wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Right, nice. Huh. All right, let's see. I think. I'll go with um, this one. Um, the Flash Fleet, as I have called it. Uh, it's a uh, three-ship fleet. Um, 70 points composed, as I put it, of some of the fastest ships in the game. Right. 
ship number one, we've got the regular uh, rare version of the San Cristobal with uh, Lynch, uh, Captain from Fire and Steel, Victor de Alva, who provides Captain and EA. Got a helmsman, and we have, I believe it's the Explorer uh, version of Dominic Freda on board for ship number one. Uh, ship number two is the... Um, uh, let's... I don't get the expanded view on my own fleets. It's weird. It's the really? uncommon. Uh, yeah, I don't get the expanded view. I get it on other people's fleets, right? Do you have the option in the upper right or no? Uh, I, always b- 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 I always click on that. So it's like mm-hmm. extended format. I'm pretty sure is what it'll say. And it's uh, not. Okay, it's top right extended. Okay, there it is. Yeah. All right. Oh, yay! Problem solved. Yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't know you could do that. No, neither did I. <laughs> uh, anyways, you've got the uh, uncommon zero uh, twenty-five uh, number version of the Black Pearl from Disney Pirates. All right, that's the uh, one that's uh, get plus S to the base move and plus one to cannon rolls if there is a captain on board. Uh, we have Calico Cat uh, from Ocean's Edge, which is um, extra action and world hating, an explorer, and to round things off, Hammersmith. And just for added security to make people hate you, uh, we've got the cheesy Micron combo, which is uh, Robinson, who is zero <laughs> points, which allows Lord Micron to come aboard the Patagonia. All right. Uh, I didn't include any UTs in this one. This is just a, um, um, a thought experiment fleet, really, to uh-huh. put um, like the two fastest durable fleets, sorry, fastest durable ships I could find. I, I think I even said it in my uh, description here. Um, the original design for this, I had the high ping yeah. uh, in it for some UPS stuff. Uh, but I eventually decided that you know larger, more durable ships would be better. Uh-huh. Do and you say the- HMS Interceptor was in here at all or no? Uh, no, um, because in theory that could only have a max speed of L plus L plus S twice. Whereas these ships... Um, the Cristobal, I think, could match that and or exceed that and is bigger. That's uh, with true. S plus S plus L plus S, potentially twice. Yeah. But last I knew, the HMS Interceptor was faster than that version of the Black Pearl when you outfit her with a crew like Griffin. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could. Yeah. I suppose so, it could. Yeah, it's not as dangerous, and then as soon as you lose one mast, it gets a lot slower. Considerably slower, yes. Yeah. Although it is faster. And not according kind of. to the movies. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the movies were also kind of, you know, they Over they use plot devices where convenient. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many points uh, scares people. Uh, the Migrant Patagonia combo with Robinson, that's exactly 10. Yeah. Remove those, and this is a 60-point fleet, which is still decently good. Yeah, I'd say it might even be slightly better at 60. Like I said in my fleet comment um, on the page, I'm not sure if I would bother with Micron because both ships have um, extra action. I mean, you're probably not going to get both, but um, you might have a case where you get both extra actions on both ships, and then Micron is just sitting there. So, um, So I think it would be... Maybe a little bit more competitive at 60 points. I think this scares me more at 60 um, than at 70, actually, um, Mm -hmm. potentially. Because at 60, I don't know if I'd be able to cope with both of these. It would be very difficult. Um, And I think the only other thing I would say, um, I would maybe move the Explorer to the San Cristobal because it's faster, uh, more cargo. Well, there's Dominic Freda. 
Oh, it's already. Oh, never mind. Sorry, I didn't. Look yeah, explore and plus on the cargo spaces takes up none. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um, in that case, I don't know if I would want um, explore on the on the pearl in general, but I guess it's decent. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's like fully optimized yet, like I said in the comment, but it's still pretty impressive. And it kind of vaguely reminds me of I made something on a hundred point fleet called Ultimate Speed Fleet. Which has, I don't know if it has the black pearl in it, but it does have a similar concept, so just bigger points. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I guess it may be time to move on to the section where I talk about pirate video games. Mm-hmm. All okay. right, video games. Yeah, not everybody out there will be interested, but this may be a value to some of you. This week... Now, I'm assuming that I talked about Sea of Thieves last week. Ooh, I've been watching some videos on that about that on YouTube. Uh, it's about idiots who don't quite do things properly, I guess. They just shoot cannons. Yeah. I mean, my condensed my view of Sea of Thieves was that I don't get the point, and it doesn't actually seem like a game. It just seems like an environment where you can do things that have no consequence whatsoever. I haven't played since it was in an earlier form of beta, but even then, you kind of want people to understand that there is an objective, whereas there was absolutely nothing of the sort in the earlier beta. Anyway, I'm going to talk this week about a game that I'm certain probably nobody on the forum has heard of, and it's called Windward. It's a game you can buy on Steam, and this is a $10 game, that you can play cooperatively with up to four people. I don't know if either of you have played Sid Meier's Pirates, have you? I don't think so. I wish. I haven't. I wish. I have not, <laughs> but I have heard from other people that have played Windward that it's similar. As I would describe it, and I've put some decent time into Windward, is it's a game where you start out with your own little ship and a sort of procedurally generated ocean, and then you can wage war you can chase down pirates you can ferry cargo you can use your ship for basically anything you want you can level up you can buy bigger ships you can move from a sleep uh, from a sloop to a man of war a galley Ooh. a or maybe not a galley um a corvette i went for the corvette and i it's sort of halfway historic naval game ish type of thing and half RPG, because as you level up, you get attacks that you can add. There's a uh, something sort of akin to a Stinkpot Specialist that I took on mine nice. to debuff enemies. It's, I think, quite a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I bought it when it was $20. It's $10 now. And I think if you know other people that are interested in playing it, you can get a four pack for thirty bucks on Steam, or just buy one for yourself for ten. Nice. So, actually, that could be an interesting sort of alt episode for you guys if you ever record games of, uh, you know, for like uh, join us, Basil. <laughs> join us. We'll go on like a three-person pirating adventure and probably all get killed. I'm interested, <laughs> well, except for you because you you've got experience. Of- Oh no, you do a lot of dying, and I haven't played it recently, but it is it is fun from what I remembered, and it's especially fun in a group. I think that may be something we have to plan on at some point. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. 
No, keep going. Go uh, no, you keep going. I didn't really have any more to say. I think. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on Steam watching the trailer for it. I've seen yeah, it same here all the way through, and it looks pretty cool. I, I think it looks good. Um, and yeah, the reviews it says under all reviews it says very positive, like nine out of ten or something. So, and yeah, it seems affordable too. The the actual <laughs> combat reminds me a little bit of uh, that. Pirates of the Caribbean um, Game Boy game I talked about, the only Pirates game I played, because the combat, the ship combat is, like, too fast, and it's, like, kind of kind of funky, but but it does look fun, so, yeah. Can you go on land, too, or no? Or I don't think so. I think it's, okay. you can interact with ports. You can, you yeah. know, if you, so one of the things, one of the safe ways of making money early in the game is to go between friendly ports, trafficking goods that are basically buying low and selling high you go okay lumber is pretty cheap at this port but it's very valued at this other port so you fill your hold and you go between but there is the risk of being attacked by pirates or enemy i think enemies and other factions yeah. uh, that are ai controlled but i i'm wondering if there are unique ships to each world because i know you can have multiple saves and on one of them i started to try to take over the whole map but i wasn't <laughs> leveled up quite enough to do so yes i was basically the high speed hero of of uh, my faction and that was good fun right. so yeah i i think i'd have to check how many hours i put into the game um let me log into my steam account real quick but anyway i don't have a steam account yeah, it's it's very, worth getting one. I'm not a very serious video gamer yet. Yeah, I've only got it, a laptop. I don't have a PC for anything. I have a laptop. I mean, it, oh. when I play this, the cooling fan howls because it's not much of a gaming laptop. But oh. yeah, <laughs> but I guess I could turn the settings down if I wanted to and yeah, run it better. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the system requirements, and it doesn't look intimidating compared to like Naval Action, for example. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. naval action looks fun, but it also looks like a huge time investment. Oh, it is, yep. Yeah, that's what I saw from the reviews, yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost like uh, EVE Online, to a degree. Oh, yeah, (laughs) how we sort of talked about EVE Online and how it was. Yeah, we talked about that one. (laughs) Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the future, I guess we'll talk more about naval action once we do some research on it. Um, There are some other games that I'll talk about in the next few off episodes, like this one, um, including Skull and Bones and Puzzle Pirates, where I'll also tell the tale of my character, Bicep. What? (laughs) Yes. Yes. But that's for another day. I'm not going to spoil anything yet. (laughs) It's not that funny. It's kind of... This benign small child playing an online game and trying to be in character. <laughs> Let's right. call it that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Windward looks pretty cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess we'll probably send out, uh, send around emails between us asking if we're interested in playing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be. Um, but uh, do what all four of us or three of us need to buy the uh, four pack to play. Yeah. Um, I already have the game. Um, I think it would only be a $10 investment for the each of you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay. we wouldn't have to bother with the four-pack. Oh, no. Only if you... that The four-pack is so you can send it to friends if you have people you want to send it to. But, you know, that's probably once you've already got a bunch of people on Steam that you want yeah. to play it with. Yeah. And I guess you can just consider it a bulk discount. Anyway. 
Let yeah, me, that's what uh, I thought it was. Yeah, it's four players let me see for 30 instead of 40. Yeah. yeah, let me see how many. Okay, it says I have about 24 hours on record in the game, and I, I grinded pretty hardcore at times. So, yeah, cool. Considering I've gotten at least a day out of it, there's probably more for a lot of other people, especially if they're. Yeah. Yeah. Dedicated. Yeah. And yeah, or yeah. just don't have a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I haven't played this game in a long time, so I think it would almost be a fresh experience for me if we ended up booting it up together or something. Right. Maybe we'll make videos of it sometimes. I'm up for that. Ben and I. I, I don't have... Yeah, maybe you and Ben can record and I can be the silent... Uh, <laughs> the silent guy who gets killed all the time. <laughs> uh, obviously, we'd like have a, have a we'd obviously have yeah. a group call or something for that if we ever uh, yeah. get around to doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. And then we could, who knows? Uh, you know, you could like you've made uh, things talking about your campaign games. It could almost be something where we could do 15 minute, you know, half hour, whatever videos at a time yeah. of our campaign in. Windward, maybe. Yeah. 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 All right. And that's, I think, all I have to say about that. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, the last thing I have, um, it's just kind of a general question for the community. Um, what have you done um, in terms of getting people interested in the game? And how do you think is the best way to do so? Like social media or in person, things like that, or email? Um have you gotten like your play group interested and what do you think would be the best ways to get other people interested? So I'm kind of interested to know myself, what people say, and you guys can answer the question if you want. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a general thought on it. So I think I'll be the first one to answer. Um, and after I do, I'll probably jump out because not only do I have to use the bathroom, but I may have to go get my girlfriend, but from my experience, the few people that I've gotten into the game have basically all been people that I've known personally and have been able to talk about the game with and, you know, tell them why I like it and why I think mm-hmm. they might like it. Yeah. There's been, like one too. classmate, some family members, a coworker who I at the time was interested, but whom I've since fallen out with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I've had a similar experience. I'm just trying to figure out how to, kind of grow the community um i don't know but mostly yeah i'd echo that same sentiment yeah uh it's probably um for spreading the word about the game it might be best uh or might happen most frequently uh, if you just like tell people you know that you're buds with uh like i think god mason said co-workers yeah. uh family members that you don't see often or family members you see often who might be interested uh, I mean, in my case, I got my brothers interested, and they're both, uh, they've both joined the forum, and I keep nagging them to post, but they yeah. don't. Oh, they really so. should. We could use more voices. And yeah, exactly. if, if your brothers are listening to this, please start posting, guys. The more the merrier, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. 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 My, uh, yeah. That's my dad and me. Yeah. Get more people on the forum and stuff. Yeah, my dad and my older sister Kim have been integral to my play group. They're pretty much the only people I play with. There is a, yeah. uh, a classmate <laughs> who I used to I played two or three games with, maybe four, uh, but then he joined the Marines, so he's not nearly as accessible. 
powwow. Yeah. yeah. So, but maybe when he's back in town, I might get a, a chance to play another game with him. Yeah. yeah who knows? Yeah. We'll see. All right. Do we All have right. any more to talk about in that topic? No, I think I'm good. Not uh, really. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, it was a shorter episode. All right. Yeah. Thanks yeah. everybody um, for listening. This was ni- episode 19. And uh, short episode, we'll 90 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll be back uh, in a few weeks with the next uh, set review. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you out on the forums and whatnot. <laughs>